I'm thinking of a store. Uh, it's three words, and you can get beer in Chico. What am I thinking of? Seven. No, good get seven. What eleven? <laughs> I don't know. You no. said I'm thinking of, and I heard between one and ten. Oh no, good, very good guess. Okay, three words. Three words. First word, spikes. Oh my gosh, you are correct. Oh, because I think of that place often as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Spikes Bottle Shop? Spikes Bottle Shop here in Chico. You are absolutely right. Now you win all the beer. Even with 10% off, I will give you that as a prize. Well, that's pretty legit. Why do I get 10% off? Well, because you're special and I want you to have it. But if you're listening and you want to know how you can get 10% off, you just go in and tell the people at Spikes that you listen to this podcast and tell them that our super secret password is FHC and they will give you 10% off at checkout. Well, that's a pretty legit deal. So any purchase, 10% off with promo code FHC. At Spikes Bottle Shop, 1270 East 1st Avenue. Go get 10% off. Just do it. It's great. Do it. Go. Now. Go. Go. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Greetings. Once again, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. My name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers, and together we are Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've never tuned in, this is a show about film and craft beer, and a little bit about us. And uh, we're coming at you this week with some brand new stuff, some brand new beers, and a brand new movie that we've been excited to see for several months, uh, called Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. We are drinking, uh, well, actually... I don't know if we want to do more of an intro than that, but we could just start with what we're drinking. Well, let's straight start. Away, we're, right? we're drinking it right now. Yeah, we are. It's not a lie to the people. You picked it. Yeah, I did pick it. What is it? Uh, I picked up a couple things today at our partner in crime, Spikes Bottle Shop. Uh, this is a really cool new beer from a brewery called Device Brewing Company in the industrial part of town over kind of by New Glory in Sacramento. And it's kind of one of the first hazy beers they've done. They did one called like Haze of the Jungle or... Curious Haze or something like that. Uh, but this one's called What the Haze, and it's supposed to be pretty good from what I hear. Uh, it's a West Coast style kind of West Coast meets East Coast hazy beer. They're getting on the haze craze. It's pretty cool. Uh, they are really known for their hoppy beers. Um, Device is, is really, really, really good at making hoppy beers. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to see them jump on the haze train. I wanted to see how they were doing it and whatnot. So we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah, I've never had it either. Um, I'm glad. How new is this beer? Do you know? I believe Kevin was putting it on the shelf just today. Perfect. Yeah. So that's exciting. Some cutting edge stuff happening here at the Fresh Hop Studios. Yeah, have you tasted it? I have. It's really good. Perfect. Yeah. I have not yet. I just actually poured it um, while you were speaking, right before we started. No, it's nice. It's uh, a bit kind of thicker and more mouthfeely than a lot of hazy ones that we've had lately. Uh, I definitely get like a full-bodied mouthfeel to it, which is nice. Very melony. Mm. Uh, very nice, though. Very well done. And I like it. It's not super sweet. That's mainly my, my number one complaint with, with Northeast style, like hazy IPAs, is just the sweetness. You know, I want something that has that hot bite. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying about the melony quality. Right? It's Yeah, cantaloupe It's cantaloupe Yeah. Yeah, it's very um, nice. It is good. Uh, pretty, pretty bubbly yeah, and tasty and a nice little bit of bitterness, but not overly so. I think it's hilarious. We've been kind of, you know, bashing the, the New England style IPA for 
probably a couple months. Now. I honestly think it's just you. Because no. like, I agree with you sometimes, but then I'll have one and I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> but then you never want to drink more than one of them. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's funny, though, because like I'll say that and then every like the last two weeks like last week we did that revision mm-hmm. beer right and then this week we're doing this one and it's like you know, style st- right the style stupid it's but pretty good <laughs> but but i like it yeah you know so i kind of have to check myself a little yeah oh i meant to say this at the beginning um i've been sick since we recorded last week so i've been coughing yeah he's caught uh, the black lung i yeah uh, i coughed so hard the other morning that i threw up nice it was bad have you ever coughed so hard that you like cracked a rib mm-hmm or like popped your back. I've yeah. I mean, I, I was coughing so much the past couple of days that my uh, this muscle here, by my shoulder and my neck, the in between one. Oh, what is that? Is that your trap? Maybe. Your, I think it's your trap. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it started like cramping. Ooh. Like it came up so high. So that's just a warning. I'm gonna be coughing and uh, sound a little bit raspier than usual. It's gonna be drinking a lot of water. We might have to take a break. Get him some tea. Uh, this is uh, this is almost a gallon. When I finish this guy, it's a gallon. Today, good. So that's been good. That's gotta help a lot. Yes. Um, it actually has been. You playing gigs anytime soon? We got to get you all 100%. Right. I was actually supposed to be uh, going to start the the beginning of my next album today, but I had to cancel it because coughing and recording don't go hand in hand very often. So, no. hoping to go in tomorrow, feeling a little bit better, but we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Next gig isn't until Friday. Then I have gigs Saturday, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have Thursday off. Then I have gigs Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> and then I'm off for a couple weeks. Okay. So yeah, well, this is a good time to get sick because I was off. But yeah, well, let's try and get you all nice and healthy so we can start on that album. Yes, I and like I think that. beer kills germs, probably. And this is like all new, fun stuff. Album stuff? Yeah. Yes. Have you been playing any of the songs that no. are on the album? Well, a little bit. I, there's a couple that I've had um, for for a while. There's one that I've had for about a year and a half, um, and then another one I've had for maybe like six months, and then another for like a year, and then one. I just wrote a chorus for last night. Is that the one you just jammy jammed out? Yeah. Um, so whatever. Um, yeah. I got to finish up one more song and then the, I'm just going to have five. It's going to be an EP. Oh, okay. I'm going to print it on CDs and vinyl. So that'll be fun. Oh my God. Hey-o. I need that. Yeah. That's really I'll make cool. sure to have a copy for you. Is this your first vinyl? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Psh, Nikes. I don't know how many I'm going to make. It's, Almost just cussed out. So the danger yeah, zone. Thanks, man. That's super exciting. I think I'm going to print like 200 of them. Okay. Maybe even less. I'm not sure yet. Can we number them all? Yeah, that'd be fun. Can I help? Sure. I've yeah, old, we'll make a thing of it. Like, that'd be dope. Yeah. But that's super exciting. Um, question yes. that I've never actually asked or Googled or anything, so I could probably figure it out, but why are, like, EPs shorter? Like, the EPs are always, like, five or six songs. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure if this is actually correct, but the way that I've always looked at it um, is that, like, you have a demo, right? And a demo is a, a non-professionally produced, usually four or five songs. Yeah. Um, and a, a full-length album is obviously professionally done. 12 songs maybe okay so that's an album that yeah. makes sense in yeah. my brain an ep is just a high quality but shorter okay um and i don't know what it used to mean maybe it meant something else back in the day but today to me that's what it means and it could still be wrong and every ep i've ever bought has been just that like okay very high quality but like also half the length of, a, of mm-hmm. an album yeah I'm, I'm i don't really know the history of it um but, so I, i'm mm. Nervous to speculate on yeah. it too much, but we'll have to look into that. Yeah, that's something at least you should know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I should. Um, but also, like as a purchaser of EPs, mm-hmm. I should know that because I've purchased EPs that were like three songs. Yeah, so I think that still count. Like that would count in my book. Yeah, basically, I don't know. And as like a vinyl enthusiast, I should probably know these things. I'm gonna too. check it out real quick. You but, should do that. Um, well, in the meantime, do you have like a title for it? Is there anything we can look forward to? So I'm, I'm, or is um, that, is it's not the time? No, it is. It's fine. Um, it's between two titles, two of the Ooh. songs on the album. 
Um, and it's either going to be the title of the first song or the title of the last. And the first song is going to be called Young and Green. And the last song is Stories. Now, Stories in ca- as a title mm-hmm. for the EP would encapsulate the EP better. But if I called it Young and Green, it's also the title track. So that's easy to go with. And it's a little bit, uh, that's maybe more of the catchy tune and the poppier one. So I'm, it's sort of up in the air. Hmm. I might have to look at all the songs as a whole and, and kind of reevaluate. But can I can I give two cents, please, for what it's worth, which is not much. If I saw <laughs> a record that said Young and Green, mm-hmm. I would think this was your first record. Right? Yeah, there's that implication as well. Like immediately, like if I didn't know you and know that you'd been putting out music for a while, I would right. think this is like your first thing. Whereas Stories yeah. is like the opposite, almost quite the opposite. Yeah. Like this dude's lived through some stuff, right? You know, and he's got stories. I like stories. Yeah. That's just my take. I like it. Uh, to, to clarify here, an extended play record, often referred to as an EP, is a musical recording that contains more tracks than a single, but is usually unqualified as an album or LP. EPs generally do not contain as many tracks as albums and are considered less expensive and time-consuming for an artist to produce than an album. An EP originally referred to specific types of vinyl records other than 78s uh, <laughs> and LPs, but is now applied to mid-length CDs and downloads as well. That's off Wikipedia. That's dope. <coughs> Some good knowledge. So extended play. Do you know offhand what LP stands for? Dang it. I almost clicked it. I do not know. I would like to know because I don't either. It's probably like languishing play. Long play. Long play. Sure. Which is sort of like extended. Extended play and long play. Yes. It's a play on words. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of history there too, but. All right. Anyways, that was my week. Basically, we segue nicely into about me. Let's go to the about you section. Oh. Well, shoot, man. I was just talking about records and stuff. I don't know. We can go there. I don't know. About me, there's not much going on. I guess, I don't know. Exciting thing. I just booked a trip to Nashville. That is exciting. That happened like two days ago. Yeah, actually, I'm going out there for work to go to the Craft Brewers Conference of America. That's so applicable to this. It's pretty cool, right? I think that's great. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of other brewers there and like brewery reps and sales reps and stuff because it's as much a brewing conference as it's a marketing conference. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be learning a lot about like the beer industry and stuff like that. Right. And then also go to Nashville for a week for work, which cool, is man. just awful. Yeah, right. So that's like probably the newest, coolest <laughs> thing. Um I mean, this beer is really good. That's a new thing. It is. Um, I just got my first Tavor box. Oh, right. We touched on that a couple weeks ago. I you finally got it. literally got it right before I came here. If I you went, guys didn't hear that episode real quick, Tavor is a is a beer subscription, basically, where you fill in. It's an, like an app. It's an app. And yeah. you, you get notification of these beers they have available, and you're like, I want this beer. And as many as you want, they put it in a box for a flat rate shipping, and then mm-hmm. you pay the bottles, obviously. Yep. And you just got your first one. I did. How many bottles did you get? Oh, I think 12. Nice. When yeah. you were on record saying it, you were like, I think I'm going to get about six. Yeah. So great. Great. You doubled it, it. It really snowballed fast. Uh, any ones that stick out that you're excited to try or have tried? We actually opened one. I opened one at Burgers and Brew because that's where um, I picked up my box. Mm-hmm. My friends that work at a restaurant were kind enough to let me ship it there. Because the thing with Tavor is you have to have someone over 21 sign for it because it's you're technically on record shipping alcohol. Right. That's where it comes into play where you actually have to have. But a, you're over 21. But I'm not at home all day to receive a package. Oh, I see. So if they don't sign it, they can't leave it. Exactly. That makes total sense. Yeah. So it was pretty dope. They let me ship it there. I don't know if they'd be cool with me saying that on the radio, but I don't care. But yeah, don't just assume you can have your boxes shipped to Burgers and Brew. No, it was because... It was a special situation. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a close personal friend, and they gave me permission. Right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so it snowballed quickly mm. and then ended up with a bunch. But we tried one. It was called Bean Counter 
from a brewery in Nebraska, I believe. And it was a Belgian-inspired brown coffee ale. Wow. It was really good. That sounds weird, yeah. It was wonky, but it had like a real weird Belgian-y thing. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it was cool. And it's really neat because like most of the beers, all of the beers really, I'd never heard of, didn't ever heard of the brewery. Pretty much is going like stylistically. Sure. So what, what did you lean towards? Um, lots of stouts, barrel aged stouts. Uh, I got one barley wine and then uh, a couple IPAs because it's really cool with Tavor. I know this sounds like a commercial. They don't pay me or anything here. We'll get there. Um, yeah, right? That'd be dope. We'll reach out. Uh, no, they have a thing where they tell you when the cans of IPAs were, were canned. Nice. So you know, like, okay, I, this was canned then, and I'm going to ship it on this day, so I'm going to get it reasonably fresh. That was one of their main complaints back in the day, was mm -hmm. like, you'd just order IPAs, and they'd sure. be old and you gross, obviously. So a couple IPAs, but mainly mainly stouts, barrel-aged stouts. I got like one kettle sour. So. Well, all right. Well, keep us posted. Yeah, no, more. I'll definitely. I actually would like to to bring one in probably and open it and try it with you. I got, I got a couple specifically. I'm like, we should do that on the show. Cool, man. We should reach out to some of those breweries. Yeah. Uh, and see if they have, That'd a, be fun, have a take. Because they're all like really small to medium size. That's what I figured. Like, it's really yeah. neat. Um, so that's been fun. I started probably the craziest Netflix series I've ever seen in my life. What? It's called... Hold on. I had it pulled up. Okay. We should rate this beer first, though. Right. Um, so what I was going to say, actually, is kind of a segue off the Tavor thing. Yes. Uh, sort of a thing that I have a problem with on this beer is I can't find a canning date. Um, not that it tastes sold or it's anything. It's on there. It's on the edge. They oh, they right? misprinted it on the edge of the bottom because I was looking for it. Yeah. Oh, it's like on the on the lip or something? Not the lip, but the bottom ridge? Oh, uh, I thought it was. Up? No, I was. I was looking at a different beer then. You're correct. All right. Well, there let's... Yeah, I like where your head's at, though, with rating it. Um, there isn't one. No, there's not one, which is a shame. You just got to assume it's fresh, I guess. Yeah, but all the same. It says drink fresh right on it, though. Maybe they just assume that you're getting it fresh? I guess. Huh, craziness. Yeah, uh, all the same, this is What the Haze from Device Brewing Company. It's a 6.5% Northeast-style IPA. Johnny Summers, what do you think of this beer out of 10? You know, I really like it. Uh, I really like the, the packaging. It's what drew it my eye to it. At first sight, I was like, that's a cool can. And then I'm like, oh, Device did a hazy beer. That's cool because I like their their hoppy stuff. So I love supporting local. Uh, I really think the liquid definitely held up to the quality of the marketing. Uh, it's very nice. It's got a nice mouthfeel, very melony, very tropical. Uh, and then it has a nice hop bite, though. It's not that overly sweet uh, that I complain about in this style. So it's it's pretty well balanced for me overall. I really like it, and I would definitely advise you to try it if you're a fan of the style or device brewing or local beer in general. It's really good. I'm going to give it like a 7.9. Great. Um, you bought it as a single 16-ounce can, correct? Yeah. They have them at Spikes? Yep. Give me a price point, roughly. Uh, oh, shoot. It was like 5 bucks ish cool. somewhere in there. Um, yeah, vamping a little bit on the, uh, the packaging. It's like a nice uh, aquamarine with some oranges and lime greens and white speckles, and it's, very, it's a mellow soothing color palette and i think the beer matches it sorry about that guys i can't believe that i thought my phone Oof. yep that's a capital sin here um anywho uh very good i think the beer matches the the packaging quite well totally it's, it's very mellow tasty the, the packaging looks like tropical-ish too right it totally the, does the I, although i don't know if i would say tropical for the taste i totally get the melon thing um, but when i think tropical i definitely get more like papaya pineapple uh coconut not exactly but could be yeah it's more like 
melon and earthy, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, I dig it too, though. I would, I'd give it like a 7.5. Nice. It's real good. So I would drink it again. Super solid. Definitely yeah. above average. Totally. Great work, Device Brewing, getting on the haze craze and coming out with a really solid 16-ounce can. Agreed. Solid work, guys. Before we go to a break... What is your crazy Netflix show? Oh, yeah, dude. It is remarkable. Do you remember the movie Nightcrawler? Yeah. Great movie, Great right? Movie. Yeah. Well, how would you like to watch a series about dudes that do that in real life? Oh, that would freak me out. But yeah, I'd probably watch it. Some of the most, and I say this with all seriousness, mm-hmm. some of the most compelling television I've ever watched. Really? Like some of like the first episode... One of the stringers, which is what they call mm-hmm, themselves, mm-hmm. Um, is filming a stalled car on a freeway in L.A. And the car's just sitting there in a lane. And, like, cars are whizzing by mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, no, something bad's going to happen. Right. Well, eventually, like, his car just dies completely and the lights go off. Oh, jeez. Is this nighttime? Yeah. Gotcha. And the... And the guy's in the car. The dude's in the car because it's stalled out because it's, like, death wish to run across a freeway. And so yeah. the guy got a call and they take calls like sporadically like, oh, there's the a stringer did. Yeah. Okay. The stringer's like, oh, there's a stalled car. They're like, well, this is probably a boring call, but let's let's see what happens. And it gets really deep into the family side of the businesses and all this crazy stuff. Kind of a reality show based mm-hmm. in like real footage, though. And like the first episode, this dude's just filming the stalled car out of nowhere. It gets obliterated sure. from behind and ball of fire. The dude that's filming it drops his camera and goes over and pulls a guy from a burning car. Hmm. That's like first episode. It's been really fascinating. Yeah, that's insane that somebody would stay in that car. <clears throat> yeah. I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, what do you do? Although like from <clears throat> excuse me, from the cameraman's perspective, like I don't know. Did he have a did he have an obligation to like not film that and like try to get the guy's attention? Because he knew Someone was going to hit that car. Yeah, it's like a matter of time <clears throat> at that point. So then are you kind of responsible to be like, you need to get out of this car, you're going to die? I think the fire thing was what really, like, if it's just like an accident, then traffic's going to stop. I, mean, I and guess, like, yeah. He just gets, his car kind of gets crunched and he gets pushed to the side <clears throat> or whatever. But like, the fact that it was this giant fireball sure. was insane. And the fact that the dude was sitting there and watched it happen, obviously he's literally the first one there. Right. So, and that's just like a small taste and they go all kinds of different calls and they're up all night and it follows around like four, like three different teams of stringers. One's like a family owned business with like three brothers Mm -hmm. and then another one's just like an independent dude. Then there's like this one dude that's worked for all three of them that nobody likes. Right. Or all the the other two and he started his own. Very interesting. And what's the name of it? It's called Shot in the Dark. Shot in the Dark. And I know... We kind of skipped that, but that's what's got me up this week. Perfect. We hit it. Yeah. It's fine. <clears throat> uh, well, sweet. Um, real quick, that's going to wrap us up on the device, What the Haze. Do stick around. So we're going to start talking about three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and our very next beer right after this. Young Maxwell, I am uh, possessed of a massive hunger and a massive thirst. What should I do about it? You got to go get something to eat and drink. And I, I know just the place. Where? The Handlebar here in Chico, California. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. It's kind of over by Winco and Best Buy. Indeed. It's on 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour seven days a week for all of your thirsty needs. 
Well, not only am I hungry and thirsty, I am also very economical, so I like saving money. Perfect. That deal is that seven days a week, between 2 and 6 p.m., you get a dollar off any of their draft beers, and they've just remodeled, and they've added more taps, so your selections are virtually endless. So more food, more beer, an upgraded space, and killer happy hour? You know it, buddy. Well, I'm going to head down to the handlebar right now. All right, we're back. Welcome again. Welcome back. This was a lovely break. It was great. I had fun. I did too. I urinated. I petted your new cat. Yeah. We have a new cat. I don't want to talk about that cat. Let's save it. We can, I don't know. We can talk about it if you want. Are you ashamed? Not ashamed. I just don't like talking about cats. <laughs> well, I, that's, you're in luck because that's Perfect. one of my, you're in, you're out of luck because I do. <laughs> yeah. You're in disluck. You, you are fully screwed now. I have a cat. No, he, he adopted another cat and he's really adorable and he's a little kitten and I petted him during the break. He's, he, he has cer- cerebral hypoplasia, which is a, it's a brain disease that some cats get where they shake a lot and his butt shakes like he's twerking, but he's very tough. So we named him Twerkules. And he is a scrapper. Yes. He'll look you dead in the eye and bit my finger. And he'll cut you. So that's cool. Yeah. He's an alley cat. Yeah. Mm. You know what we need to do? Tom in, cat. In the future, you know in Star Wars how they have the little holograph holograms? Mm. Holographic things that you no, set a, you that thing down and it springs up out of the thing. That is one hundred percent a hologram. Okay, yeah. I would love to have that in the future where people are listening to this podcast and right when we talk about this cat on their phone, the cat jumps out like and a it photo makes of it. Some sort of noise like or like a cat sound would be fine too, but that's good. Yeah, and it's like yeah, there's a cat. Yeah, <laughs> um, <coughs> that'd be really cool. That'd be cool, right? So all these things we're talking about, like, we'll post a picture. It just jumps up, kind of like Dave Matthews Band Crash in last week. Exactly, episode, like where that. It just you're just you're appear. thinking it, and yeah. then it's there. Or take it even a step further, like we're talking about a beer and what it smells like, and those smells come out of your phone. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I feel like we're gonna get there someday. We sure will, yeah. I had an invention idea today. Ooh. How many times, here's the question, how many times have you ordered soup, been real hungry? You don't ever get really hungry and order soup. I get that. I mean, you do sometimes in the winter or if you have a cold. That's true. Which it is. It's right there. I've had bold. a lot of soup lately. That's why I'm thinking about this. Yeah. And you go to eat the soup and it's too hot and you burn yourself. Mm-hmm. What if you had a spoon that you flick a little switch, an on switch, and it has cooling coils in it. So you get your soup and it starts cooling down your soup. Mm. In the spoon That's to a temperature that is palatable. I had that idea. So like a subtly cooling spoon. Yes. Yes. What if it was a spoon that had a tiny fan that blew on your soup for you? Okay. Sure. Yeah. That would work too. I think I get a little bit more messy though because like blowing it off the soup. But it's a very subtle blowing because you can blow on a spoonful of That's soup true. with you your mouth. Yeah. So it's all about the velocity at which the air travels. But, but think of how streamlined it could be with just the, with the, the cooling coils inside of it. Okay. Just chills it right out. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead. Idea. Simplify. Sure. Have like some, a spoon <clears throat> with like, some, like a, a liquid inside of the spoon mm. that freezes. Okay. So you can leave the soup spoon in the freezer. Okay. That'd be so much cheaper than like cooling coils. Yes, that's, that's true. And you figure like you're not going to want to yeah. let it in either situation. You're not going to want to let it linger in the spoon too long mm-hmm. for fear of becoming too cold. It'd be tough to keep it cold long enough. Hmm. I think. I think it would melt. You have to get it really sturdy. Like... Something like that stays frozen for a long time. Right. Are there different <clears throat> levels of how long something stays frozen? Yeah, um, hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. I just don't know. Maybe. These are questions <clears throat> that are above our pay grade, folks. They're, I mean, they're worthwhile questions for sure, though. It's interesting. Know? I like I like where your head's at. Thank you. I just like to invent things from time to time. I've never actually made them. Yeah. Well, but, no. Uh, I've, I've never actually... Well, that's not true. We invented this podcast. That's true. This might be our best invention yet, besides your career. Sure. Uh, we'll tell our children that one day, too. That was our best invention. You guys are next. That seems fair. Well, I mean, legitimately, though, like... How many people start a podcast? Thousands. Like, but. But. That we know. I don't. That cuts it We're the only people that we're friends with. No, I, I've got a couple. Okay. <clears throat> but very few. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously bigger in populous cities and whatnot. Totally. But it's kind of neat to like have done a thing. Yeah, sure. It's an accomplishment. I love just, it. Just like you putting out a record. It like feels someday good. if you have a kid. You have a, you have a tangible thing to be like, I made this. Yeah. yeah. We've left pieces and yeah. of data Behind. Reminds me of that speech in a ghost story. Oh, right. So good. So good. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies. We are going to jump right in to three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, right about now. We're going to play a soundbite from the trailer, but uh, fair warning, this was a restricted trailer, so there will be some adult language. Uh, if you have sensitive ears around, be sure and plug them. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Or anus? I think I'll be all right then. I guess you're Angela Hayes' mother. That's right. I'm Angela Hayes' mother. So, Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? Dixon, I'm in the middle of my goddamn Easter dinner. Sorry, kids. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. Sunshine beating on a good time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. The time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. We've had two official complaints about those billboards. From who? The lady with a funny eye. A lady with a funny fucking eye? And a fat dentist. All right, once again, uh, I forgot there was even going to be more swearing in this, but uh, apologies to those of you with more sensitive ears. Uh, that seems like a pretty good caveat in letting you know this is not a movie for children. No, this was a very, very serious movie. Max, uh, tell us a little bit about this movie. Yeah, once again, this is called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, written and directed by Martin McDonough, starring Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Francis McDormand, and a few other people of note, including one of my favorites, Peter Dinklage, mm -hmm. uh, who has slightly more than a small role, I think. Yeah. A small to medium... Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to... No. Every person who makes a dwarf joke thinks he's the first person to make a dwarf joke. No, but just saying he's got a small <clears throat> to medium role. I didn't role. mean to say that. It's not even a dwarf joke. It's just funny. Um, anywho, <laughs> this was uh, widely distributed uh, to us at least a few weeks ago, but it was released in other theaters November 10th. Um, as of December 4th, it's made almost $14 million here in the world. No, sorry, just in, in America. I meant to be so much smoother there. That's fine. <clears throat> um, we just played footsie. Ooh, um, and it's it's a it's a drama slash I would say very black comedy because there were laughs in here, but there's a lot of grim uh, subject matter. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> if I agree with the laughs part. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll get there. Medium. Yeah, um, this is the same director that did In Bruges and uh, Seven Psychopaths. I've never seen the latter. I have seen the former. I, I loved the latter, and, and I enjoyed the former. I enjoyed the former as well. 
Um, it is certainly a film that is something. Uh, I feel like it was it was laid out differently in the trailer. Definitely. Uh, I'm trying to form a better sentence. It's certainly a film that you go in expecting maybe more laughs than what you get. Possibly. Well, especially in Bruges and um, Seven Psychopaths being very comedic films. Sure. Like they were both, you know, dark in their own ways, but the, <clears throat> the, the humor was propelled very well. Yes. Do we have a, a synopsis we can read on this thing? Yeah, just, I was going to just go off the cuff. <clears throat> um, essentially, it. um, it's a story of, of this woman played by Frances McDormand. Mildred. Uh, named Mildred, uh, whose daughter is, we're going to say, kidnapped and brutally raped and murdered. And it's the case sort of gets dismissed by the small town sheriffs. And uh, Mildred decides to spend some money and put up these billboards calling attention to this murder and why it hasn't been solved. And the, the plot of the film sort of unfolds. Uh, around that premise and you get to kind of see her motivation and how she deals with this and how, how this is very small community deals with something, um, brought up so intensely. Yeah. So that's about it. Yeah. Um, let's go over initial reactions again. If you've never listened before, we're not going to spoil anything from this movie until our third segment. We'll give you plenty of warning there. Just general stuff here in our initial takeaways. But yeah, Johnny, what did you think? I think I need a beer to talk about this. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Legitimately, like I could use a drink. This movie was pretty serious. It so was. I'm gonna go ahead and do this. It's gonna be. Oh, that's good. Oh, can we figure out what that sound was? By the way, not that. I don't know. Man. It sounded like water. That's weird. It's like one of our microphones is like directly pointing oh. at a pipe or something. Um. Okay. Well, this deserves a segue of its own. Yeah. Yeah. Segue. So, so we'll take a break from from three billboards, and we're gonna talk about a very new beer. We're gonna in pour the Chico a beer. community. Yep. Um, and this is a collaboration between Sierra Nevada Brewing Company mm-hmm. and a local and increasingly large and famous beer group in town called the Chico Beer Enthusiasts. Uh, and Johnny's going to tell you more about that beer. Yeah. So this beer was made in collaboration with Sierra Nevada Brewing Company by a small group of individuals from Chico Beer Enthusiasts. Uh, that is an imperial stout brewed with cocoa nibs, coconut, and coffee. It's got a very beautiful label, uh, and it, it was corked and caged, not unlike their Trip in the Woods series or a lot of their barrel-aged beers, but it's got a very unique label. It's kind of wood grain uh, background, very beautiful, very clean. I like it, and I cannot wait to try it. It was uh, made in collaboration with a few close friends of mine that run that group, so it's really interesting to try it out. Yeah, I think it's probably worth noting that we did have a taste of this. Yeah, before. we had it last Thursday. It was released at Sierra Nevada Brewing Company on their weekly cask night, which is every Thursday at 4 p.m. They they wheel in a cask of beer that they've created or concocted or whatever, <clears throat> and it mm-hmm. just so happened last week it was CBE Batch 1 Imperial Stout. So we did our due diligence. We went over. We had a 10-ounce pour. We were lucky enough to drink it with Kevin Jara himself. We were. It was very nice. Um, it it was a bit colder than I expected it to be poured. It was a bit colder than ideal. Sure, definitely. Um, we've had this bottle now sitting out for a little over an hour, if not a little bit longer. Yep. Um, probably close to drinking temperature. So I'm thinking so. 
So that's what we're going to be sipping on. We will touch on this beer again after we get through our initial thoughts and probably some critiques and maybe a rating of this movie. Agreed. So I'm going to pour it. We're going to sip it. We're going to mull it over. And we're going to really get deep into three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, let's. Uh, so I told Johnny before we started today that I actually, I think, missed maybe the first, what do you think, 10 minutes? Yeah. Um, I was going to catch a later showing, and it happened to work better with my schedule. Um, so I caught it. it the, the film started at like 2, but I was there at like 2.25, so I think I missed maybe 20 minutes of previews. It's usually what it ends up being. And uh, came in to the movie at a scene with a priest in their house. So that's where I was. So I wanted to make sure I got caught up on everything. It sounded like I missed just some uh, some uh, plot setting, story setting, scene setting kind of scenes. Yeah, it was just kind of build up. I mean, it was the the process of her purchasing the signs from Caleb Landry Jones' mm-hmm. character, Red Wilby. Right. You will recognize from Get Out. Yes, he was the creepy brother in Get Out. Yeah. Um, so it was just a lot of setup, kind of introduction to the characters, introduction to Sam Rockwell's character. Mm-hmm. You get to know Woody Harrelson's character a little bit. Uh, nothing out of, you know, the realm of just usual film setup. Sure. But yeah, that's kind of how it starts off. You just kind of get introduced and you realize Frances McDormand had some terrible things happen to her family mm-hmm. and there's turmoil and she's very angry. That was like a, a constant she, yeah. throughout this movie was the anger level of Mildred. And her character doesn't seem like somebody who was very sweet her whole life and then flipped the switch. She is a grumpy old woman mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so you get this interesting uh, unfolding of the fallout of what happens to or how she deals with her uh, her her uh, pain, her... Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Her? Grief. Grief. Yeah. Thank you. Or in, in my opinion, honestly, how she doesn't deal with it. Yeah. There's certainly a question to be asked here um, of like, uh, let's see, how, how her... Obviously, this is a terrible thing that's happened, right? Sure. Um, and it's uh, very relevant mm-hmm. to mention that the crime of her daughter's kidnapping, rape, and murder has gone unsolved. Sure. Yeah. Like definitely. I think we kind of touched on that, but mm-hmm. that's really like a point of emphasis in her life mm-hmm. that no one's been punished for it. And as you heard in the trailer too, she said something about like to the police officers, I don't know why, you know, people in here aren't solving this murder. They're probably just out picking on black folks or something. Something yeah. like that. And that's relevant. Because we have another character played by Sam Rockwell. Uh, he's a police officer, goes by Dixon. <clears throat> um, we'll talk about his mom too, uh, a little bit here. Maybe we'll save that. But um so there's some racial elements, um, certainly some like ultra violent elements here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question needs to be asked of as retribution for this horrible violence inflicted on her daughter is, is it justifiable the way that she gets her vengeance, so to speak? And is it justifiable on who she takes her aggression out on? Yeah. It's not <clears throat> so much, I mean, kind of revenge, but more like, uh, at whose feet does she place blame, you know? And it was a situation where terrible crime was committed against her daughter and there was no retribution. So just whoever is near her yeah. gets the fallout. Well, and that's one one theme I noticed. I know it's kind of going a bit far into the movie, but throughout there was this um, obstacle or object of her aggression. And then sequentially they were removed and her aggression <clears throat> was refocused. Sure. Uh, and I noticed that as definitely a theme in this movie of like she's just got this rage coming out of her Mm -hmm. that just keeps going from target to target to target as they kind of present themselves almost. Yeah. There's another scene. There's a discussion between she and another character and they're having a talk about, 
um, her daughter's passing and one, one person says to her like, um, you know, all this, all this aggression or something isn't going to bring your daughter back. But, I, oh, I think she said something to that person first. Mm-hmm. And they replied, it's not going to bring your daughter back either. The way you're acting, the difference is what I'm doing. I, I understand that it's not going to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, which I think is a key point to this whole movie. Um, yeah, she wasn't <clears throat> processing grief or trauma well at all. Right. The same way you go in and uh, a lot of people won't walk out of a movie because they'll be like, well, I've already stayed for 30 minutes. I might as well stick for another hour and a half. Yeah. As if that'll justify wasting 30 minutes. It's not like you're gaining those 30 minutes back. You're you're wasting two hours now. And I think the same philosophy applies here. Like by ruining these other relationships, you're not getting your daughter back. You're not getting, you're just ruining other relationships. Yeah. And uh, one that stuck out to me very dramatically was how her behavior affected her son's life. Yeah. Her son uh, is somebody that we saw recently. Uh, We saw him in Lady Bird played by Lucas Hedges. Uh, Her son's name is Robbie and uh, their, their family, they've, they've split. Um, She and her ex-husband, He's moved on to a younger girl. Yeah, they call her the zoo girl. <laughs> she worked at a zoo, yeah. She was 19 and she just smelled like elephant poo. Yeah, but you see how it sort of wears on him throughout this, like this whole endeavor. Like She goes to his school and makes scenes and it's not easy for him. And instead of addressing how he's processing the loss of his sister, she's still kind of one-track mind. And Very selfish. I, I struggle to even call her an anti-hero. I struggle to attach the word hero to this character. To Frances McDormand's Correct, character? Correct, to Mildred, yeah. Um, there's very few redeeming moments for her. No, she's like a champion of her own lost cause. Yeah. Which sometimes in the right setting you can get behind, but, um, no, in this movie it was kind of just sad. Yeah. I mean, you have people, it'd be tough not to talk about Woody Harrelson in this. He did a fantastic job. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I want to back up to the very beginning before we start touching on Woody Harrelson's character. Uh, Woody Harrelson's character is Chief Willoughby. Uh, and let's say what the three billboards said. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty pivotal to the whole thing. You know, it's how the whole movie, it's it's called three billboards. Sure. So she goes to a marketing firm. She drives by these three billboards and advertising. Empty firm. billboards. Empty billboards just with nothing on them. And that's how the movie opens. You just see these billboards that are dilapidated, look terrible. So she goes into, she sees advertising Cohen such and such on the bottom of the billboard. She goes in. That's where we meet Red Wilby, Caleb Landry Jones' character. Uh, and he's the advertising guy, basically. And she's, that's, you heard in the preview, you know, that we mm-hmm. played. What can't you say on a right. billboard? Well, the reason she asked that was because what she wanted to put on the billboard was. Was essentially a burning indictment. Of Chief Willoughby. Yeah. So the first, there was three billboards and they were sequential driving past them. One, the first one said, uh, raped while dying, which is incredibly powerful. Very just visceral. Like, yeah. Just woof, heavy. Mm-hmm. Second one, still no arrests. Third one, why Chief Willoughby? Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's calling out uh, Woody Harrelson's character specifically by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the backdrop to this whole movie. And all of the controversy stems from the content of these three billboards and how they affect everyone in this community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's worth definitely worth saying. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. I actually never saw what the first two said. I could I could almost swear that they didn't show them all three again in the whole movie except for the, maybe the beginning that I missed. That's fair. I think they only did a couple times, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty relevant, and it's very powerful. Right. Um. So you do get the vibe that, um, well, as you get to know these characters, everybody is is sort of processing things and doing the best they can, with the exception of Sam Rockwell, who is painted early on as sort of a villain. 
He's a villain. He's kind of the... He's an idiot also. The most uneducated, definite racist tendencies. Yeah. Lives with his mom. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a, that's an interesting character study there, too. I don't know if I agree with how he uh, is dealt with. You're right. Uh, throughout the whole film. Um, he does some he does some pretty villainy stuff. Yeah. And then sort of is not that way at yeah, the end. Exactly. <clears throat> and doesn't get punished for them. Which actually sort of makes sense. If if you've seen in Bruges, there's sort of this suspension, not necessarily a suspension, but a um a different sense of morality than in a normal world. Um In Bruges being uh the universe <clears throat> of two hitmen. Sure. So spoiler alert for in Bruges here. Also, um, if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. Great movie. Yeah. Well, there's um the whole setup for that movie, what sparks the whole plot controversy is that Colin Farrell's character shoots a child, basically. And he's sent off from his hitman leader, is sent off to Bruges to wait, await judgment, basically. Um, and his leader, played by uh, Ray Fien, who plays Voldemort, sorry, who plays he who should not be named, um, <clears throat> has a very straight and narrow moral compass, right? And he's like, if I ever shot a kid, I would just kill myself on the spot, straight there. And there's very, very extreme things. Here's the spoiler, right? At the very end, he thinks he does kill a kid, so he shoots himself. Mm-hmm. Very black and white. Not necessarily how people really process morals and ethics, but if you take that same type of framework and you apply it to this movie, knowing that there's a suspended morality it's or funny tweaked you, morality. You right? say black and white. Right. Yeah. Um, and you apply that here. If we're supposed to get behind Mildred, I can see how, even with everything that Dixon has done, we're supposed to side with him too. Or maybe we're supposed to hate them both. Yeah. And I'm not sure which. Well, I think that's where I ended up <clears throat> being. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. I think. Um, but but production-wise, acting-wise, what did you think about everybody's stuff? Production-wise, I mean, it was a very nicely edited and put-together film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color scheme was very nice. Uh, it was pretty. I really liked the contrast of the billboards to kind of a drab color scheme. You had this bright red with big, giant black letters. Mm-hmm very profound obviously it was supposed to be a statement in the community and it really translated to being a statement on film yeah which i enjoyed quite a bit um i mean overall i it's hard for me to say what the director and writer was going for Mm -hmm. in all of these characters but all of the characters made me feel something so in that i'd have to say this movie's like valid Mm -hmm. you know like there was good writing and good acting but my problem is it's a means to what end? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a speech in there that Mildred has with a deer. Mm-hmm. And she's essentially asking, like... That pissed me off. <clears throat> Why? Because it was so on the damn nose. You mean in regards to how it how the movie was supposed to be viewed or just the conversation itself? Just if you're wanting this movie to be about something, something bigger than yourself... Um, you don't come out and say that, you know, if you're like, if the whole point of this movie is maybe bad things happen and God's not real and you don't have the main character say that to a deer that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I I'm tempted to give, uh, McDonough more credit than that and almost assume that that's not the purpose. The fact that he even came out and said that means that we should disregard it. Maybe. I don't even know. Like I don't have a real justification for saying that, but yeah, I want to believe that. I'd like to believe it. Yeah. I would hope it. It's not just that on the nose and just like, mm-hmm. ugh. Also, like with this this non consequential morality in town that they live in, 
Um, it, it seems like you wouldn't, he doesn't need to throw that in, obviously. Yeah. If that's the deal, we're going to get it without them writing that in. Exactly. Like if you, if the movie itself holds up as a piece of art, you shouldn't have to blatantly throw at my face, the theme. Yeah. Like what you're trying to say with your painting. Right. As I'm recapping this in my brain now, I think it's also worth noting the recurrence of fire. Yeah. In this movie. Um, as you, usually you get fire can be one of two things, right? It's either this holy cleansing, uh, and sense of forgiveness or the opposite of that. Just like the worst case scenario, like burning forever in hell. Yeah. I think fire plays both of those roles in this in different ways. Kind of. Um, and maybe we'll get into that more in the danger zone, but it happens at several different points that big fires happen. Yep. Um, Woody Harrelson did a great job. I love Woody Harrelson. Like I said, his story arc was probably, um, the best part of this movie. I think so too. He was, uh, you know, for, for the first, um, 20, 30 minutes of the movie, I thought maybe this story was about him. Maybe this is really about him and not about Mildred. Um, I changed my mind on that later on yeah. for different reasons, but, um, I could have gotten, even for a while I thought it might be about Dixon. Like maybe this is actually a redemption story of, of Dixon. Yeah. No, this um, movie had a lot of misplaced energy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the whole balance between like, <clears throat> I'm also struggling with calling it a dark comedy because I don't think it was. It's tough to say because there's a lot of elements that you that in a different in a different film could be really funny. Yeah, I mean, there were times that I laughed out loud, but it it only affected me in that moment. Yeah. Overall, I think this was much darker than it was funny. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it maybe this movie tried to be a dark comedy in a lot of ways, and it tried to be like an indie film. I, well, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It just tried to be like deep and meaningful in a lot of different scenes. I picked up this just like, I don't know. It felt like it was trying to be something it wasn't or it just mm. didn't translate into that thing they were trying to be in the finished product. Yeah. It, this movie just lacked a lot it, of direction. It missed something. It missed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I couldn't put my finger on what it was and I, I still really can't specifically. Mm-hmm. I just know it was missing something. Maybe it was direction. Maybe it was an arc of a beginning and an end because, I mean, no spoilers, but like this movie was kind of, it was like a long string where you're just, this is the section of string you're looking at. I think I've been, I've been mulling this movie over a lot for the last, you know, 24 hours since we've seen it. And if you watched any 20 minutes of this movie you could just pick any 20 minutes you you've seen enough i think i get what you're saying it could be as far as like plot arc goes you could have come in at the last 20 minutes and could have it could have been the beginning yep yeah exactly <clears throat> like any 20 minutes of this movie could have been the beginning the middle or the end like there was no real solid structure when it came to any sort of arc uh, or plot i mean it was it, I don't know. It was very vague and ambiguous. It was just there. I don't know. I mean, I could see it. If hmm, I could see the plot being not so much about the actions as a result or the, maybe the results of her actions, but more of what happens in her. And the fact that, um, hmm, I'll say this at the, the fact that by the end of it, she hasn't really changed her ways. Yeah. Um, is saying something in and of itself as far as her development as a character goes. 
um, is that even faced with but the would, consequences of her actions, she's not going to change. Wouldn't that just be like a lack <clears throat> of development, though? Yes and no. I, I mean, mean, you have the opportunity for change the whole time. Like, you have these triggers that should be like wake up calls to her. Like, what I'm doing is hurting others, is not doing anything to help what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I mean, in, in very measurable ways throughout the film, there's moments where her direct actions have caused other actions that in most people would be like, I should, I should wake up. Yeah. And she doesn't. Well, and you, and you actually just, um, gave voice to one of like the clinical definitions of addiction. Mm. You know, you're continuing a pattern of behavior, even though it is negatively affecting yourself and others. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about it in that context, in some ways, maybe isn't she just addicted to being angry or like, I mean, something, whether she's just, addicted yeah. to projecting emotion. I mean, you could go real deep with it. Yeah. Addiction and obsession, I think are closely related yeah. in, in this character. And it's not an, un, you know, unreasonable, possibly obsession for justice. I mean, if your daughter gets killed mm-hmm. in such a brutal way, you're going to want to find justice. Yeah. I think it's got to be balanced with, with reason though. Yeah. And, and for the most part, the people in charge of this are doing what they can. There's another scene where she talks to a police officer and, and just is having none of it. And he says to her, like, we're not all the bad guy. And she's that is not part of her reality. To her, like, everybody's bad. She needs to figure out what happened to her daughter. And if you're not with her, you're against her. Kind of yeah. Thing. She's almost like blaming everyone mm-hmm. that's <clears throat> present. Sure. Like, she's just blaming everyone for the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah. It was a really heavy movie. And it was just filled with a lot of emotion mm-hmm. and... Tons of anger and violence. Mostly anger. Yeah. Mostly anger, you know, just simmering, just bubbling anger. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, it was kind of almost hard to watch in places just because of just the unyielding, mm-hmm. willing, you know, lack of willingness to accept what had happened. Yeah, definitely. You know? And it just, it, <clears throat> it sprouted so much aggression and anger in, in Frances McDormand's character. It was... It made me wonder if the whole point of the film was to get me to not like her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, at a certain point in my mind, it flipped. And I'm like, well, she's not the hero. Right. Is she the villain? Right. And I still don't know. But to me, honestly, as, as a moviegoer, it feels like, yeah. Yeah. Like she kind of was. So I don't know, man. It was... Obviously, I can't say it was a bad movie because it sparked a very interesting conversation bad about it. Bad sparked bad conversations all the, or good conversations all the time. Yeah. You can call it a bad movie. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I really didn't. It left me wanting mm-hmm. significantly more than it gave me. Yeah. Um, what, do you, uh, what do you think out of 10? I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. I really was not a fan. Uh, there was just... The movie felt flat. Mm-hmm. And I I don't really have the words. Maybe if I watched it again and I could really put voice to what it was missing, I can't really do that now. But I know it was missing something, whether it was a story arc or um, any sort of finality or resolution. <clears throat> I mean, maybe it was a narrative to portray the fact that some things don't have a resolu- resolution. Which then know? comes back to the same thing we were saying about the conversation with the deer. Like if that's the point. Don't spoon feed it to me like that. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be so on the nose and insulting. Like I can appreciate a piece of art mm-hmm. for being a piece of art. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why it gets a low score for me. Like it, <clears throat> it was trying to be a few different things and it didn't really succeed in being any of them. 
Yeah. Well, guys, once again, that's three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Actually, I don't think there's an of. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, it's showing in wide release around the country right now. Go see it while you can. We'd love to hear your feedback about it. Uh, we haven't plugged our stuff this week at all, so write us and tell us what you think on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. It's because we always do that at the beginning and the end. I like to throw it in once or twice in the middle. You're a madman. Uh, or be really cool and part of the elite and write us an email at fhccast at gmail.com. Or tweet us. As you're listening to episodes. Yes. Big shout, shout out, out Nick Land. Nick Land. Nick Land's doing it right. He's uh, live tweeting. Every time he listens to an episode. Which is awesome. He jumps on Twitter and says, at Fresh Hop Cinema, this is what I'm feeling. That's what I do when I listen to podcasts, so I can really appreciate that approach. So if I had Twitter open right now, I would say, at Fresh Hop Cinema, that's cool. You let Johnny rate the movie. Mm-hmm. But Max, you should probably do that too. I said six. So right after you said four, I said, I'm going to give it a yeah, six. Yeah, I know, but you just like, you dropped it and you like walked away. No, I've said all I needed to say. It's a six um, That's fair. for all of the reasons that I have said. Okay. Um, in the interest of time and structure, we're going to jump to one more break and come back and finish talking about the CBE batch number one, CBE beer Imperial Stout. And we're going to maybe spoil a couple things from Three Billboards, but I'm mostly good. Yeah. I think we might talk about just a couple characters sure. and just get a little bit deeper, but we're going to talk about um, somebody's mom. Yeah, all right, we'll be right back. Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audio book? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct, and it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. Welcome to the Danger Zone. It's where we talk about butts. We're happy to have you and your butts here in the zone of danger. Yeah, don't feel special. Everyone's got one. If you've never listened before, the Danger Zone is where we fully... No holds barred. Talk about the film that we have just seen, like you've just seen it with us. We've all seen it. Everyone's seen the movie. That's right. We exclamate. We we exacerbate. (laughs) Johnny tends to swear more. I often swear sometimes as well, too, in addition to that. And uh, there's spoilers, if that wasn't clear. And um, Yeah, we're going to talk about the movie like we all just walked out of the theater. Yeah. So, again, if you haven't seen Three Billboards yet, go see it. Or if you don't care, you're good. But before yes. we get to the ever-important danger zone, we should talk about this beer. No, no, we're in the fucking danger zone, but we're talking Ooh, about this beer. Look at you getting salty, boy. In the danger zone. I like it. Well, let's talk about some motherfucking CBE beer. Okay. Uh, where did the bottle? No, man, you gave away the bottle. I did. You have to go get it. I can't. All right, you got to talk, then I'll get it. It's gone forever. I can't believe you gave it. We need the bottle. Why? Because we gotta. I got to read it and like talk about the label. I got to oh, touch it. Man, you got to uh, touch it. Tell about it. You want to get it? I don't care. I'm closer uh, to the door. Yeah, but I'm closer. Like I got more room. Yeah, the danger zone is real right now. I'll go get it. Also, your shirt is fucking phenomenal. Max is wearing a Little Mermaid shirt. He left, but it's it's real. He's wearing Gianna's shirt, actually. 
Technically speaking, Max is cross-dressing this episode. It's bisexual. You're wearing women's clothing, sir. It's fine. It is fine. The shirt's bisexual. No, I would think it would be a unisexual. No, it's bisexual. I know so what I said. Ariel likes uh, boys and girls. Well, I think when they're mermaids, they're not boys or girls. They're like hey, fish. Never look a merman in the eye, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. How am I going to watch The Shape of Water? He counts as a merman. It's right? not a merman. That's a sea creature. He's like a merman. It's not a merman. All right, well, let's talk about this beer. Like King Triton. In, yeah, in The Little Mermaid. That's a merman. That's true. It's a man that's of half the mermaid. Mer. <laughs> he's, a Jewish, he's a Jewish <laughs> fisherman. He's a merman. merman. Uh, I do want more of this. His name's Fishstein. Fishstein? Uh, that's because Jewish? Well, Stein is like a Goldstein. Goldstein? Whatever. Gold, uh, yeah. Weinstein is what I was thinking of. Sorry. Oof, I bet Gold you Stein. were. Why would you say that? Well, let's touch on that. Okay. CBE batch number one Imperial Stout. Yes. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're, in my case, moderately enjoying. Made by sexual predators for sexual oh predators. <laughs> that's not true at all. No, I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's funny. It's completely inaccurate. Danger zone. Oh, goodness. Um, listen, do you like this beer or not? I like it. Do you love it? No. I don't love it either. I am convinced that it's got a lot of good potential. It is delicious. Um, the bar for Imperial Stouts is set ridiculously high. 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 Uh, this is a 9.7% Imperial Stout. I don't like it. I mean, I mean, (laughs) whoa, hold on. Make up your mind. No, I like it. I don't love it. Um, but it is highly above average. Agreed. Um, because I mean, I think about all of just the regular non-barrel aged stouts that we've done on this show. It's the best one. Yeah, that's, that's, it's up there. That's true. For a non-barrel aged stout is the best one we've done on the show. Yeah. Let me go ahead and read the description on the bottle. So we have to do this again. Do you not love it because it's not barrel aged? No, that's not why. But let me read this. CBE batch number one. Our first collaboration with the Chico beer enthusiasts. Very, very formal. Mm -hmm. Is a rich imperial stout brewed with coffee, coconut, and cocoa. The beer is inky black and complex with notes of chocolate and espresso with a touch of light, sweet coconut for an intense sipping beer perfect for winter in Northern California. Here's my thing. When I see a beer that says brewed with coconut, I really want the coconut. Yeah. And I don't get enough coconut out of this. No. Call this coffee stout. Perfect. Coffee, chocolate, coconut. I mean, out of those three things, coconut is the least strong flavor. I get no coconut. And I'm not, you know. It's subtle. It's so subtle. I forgot the beer tasting word again. The person. The taste beer. Very good. Cicerone. I'm not a Cicerone. It's Cicerone. No, it isn't. It is. It's It's like pepperoni, but with a cis. With this, no, it's a cicerone. That's not true. Oh, Max, it's cicerone. I just don't get okay. enough coconut. No, you definitely don't. But I mean, if you can just ignore the fact that one of the adjuncts listed on the bottle is completely not present, you don't get it either. No, it's mm. really not there at all. Uh, but if I'm just looking at this as a, a stout, sure, you know, if you just open the bottle and say, mm-hmm. here, it's a stout, try it. It's really nice. It's almost got like a milky, malty flavor to it, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. It's almost like a chocolate malt ball with like the the level of cocoa. I can see that. And then the dark chocolate comes across uh, really nicely. Uh, is this coffee? Is there coffee in this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember if you said yeah, coffee cocoa or Cocoa and chocolate. coffee and cocoa. Cocoa, coffee, and coconut. So, I mean, for me, like, because they don't use like frappuccinos in beer like this. How do you, you know? know? They use black coffee. Yeah, like dark, 
Dark coffee. Dark coffee, yeah. which has uh, a very well-coupled flavor profile mm-hmm. when you pair it with dark chocolate. Sure. They really blend well together, and I think those two things can very easily overpower a third adjunct yes. that is on the weaker side, <laughs> i.e. coconut. Right. So I definitely get all dark chocolate and coffee, but we're in luck. Those are two of my favorite qualities in a goddamn beer. Yeah. It's the I mean, best. It's, it's, so that's the thing I was going to say. Is a really good beer. Oh, yeah. But it's not what it's trying to be, I guess. So you don't like it as much as you would if you had the coconut because you're like, you're getting sold a coconut beer. Yeah. And you're like, I want my coconut. I was sold a dark comedy. Exactly. And it was not what I got. And you just got a dark turd. Just a dark, okay. Well, no. No? No, it was a six for me. It was a turd for you. Yeah. It was a good turd. And mine was like a bad It was. Meal. Yeah. If a turd is the opposite of a meal, which it kind of is. I guess. When you think about it. Yeah. Right? It's just a, a very <clears throat> premature meal or a premature turd. Or vice versa, yeah. Yeah. So this if this if this didn't say it had coconut, I would never have known. And I think this would have been a good but I was expecting coconut. And now that I don't have it, I wish I would have. So that's that's my only complaint, really. Definitely. I even get it like you know, on the aftertaste and the finish, there's no coconut. Mm-mm. It's all dark mm. chocolate and coffee. But that's what I was getting at. I'm not a Cicerone or Ciceroni. Ciceroni. And so maybe maybe more experienced tasters than me uh, are tasting it. But I don't think this was made for just Cicerones. I think it was made for people that drink beer. So It's okay. Nick Land's not a Ciceroni not. yet either. That's right. I don't know what you're saying. Second time's a charm, motherfucker. Oh, that's putting him on blast, huh? It's fine. All right. <laughs> Great. We were talking about it today. You and him or you and everybody that listens to our show? Uh, just me and him. Great. I'm sure he appreciates it, man. No, that's fine. He's going to get it. He's a beast. Well, Nick, we're curious if you taste coconut in this. Or just nuts. Matter of fact, if any of you taste coconut in this, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, give me an out of 10, man. Uh, out of 10, I'm going to give it a solid, solid. Oh, what are you going to say? Why are you flashing numbers I was, at me? We're going to say at the same time. I just want to let you know I wasn't biased. But I thought you were going to put up six. I was. I was going to do 6.5. Yeah, we're doing it at the same time. Oh, sure. But you were going to hold up what you're showing, yeah. so you're just cheating. What are you doing? I was going to give it a seven. Okay. 6.5 for me. Seven for Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it would rank a lot higher for me if it did, in fact, have all of the adjuncts that it advertised. It really does not for me. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's really well-rounded, very yeah. tasty. And Good body. Thinking back in the annals mm. of our our history, it is probably the best non barrel aged stout. You know, just standard stout. It's right up there with like a, a, a founder's breakfast stout for me. Like, which is one really? of my yeah. I really mm-hmm. like that stout, and I think if you put those two toe to toe, you would find a ton of similarity. Uh, it, it, it's breakfast stouts really the one that comes to mind that I compare this to. And the fact that a bunch of my friends decided what to put in this and it's as good as breakfast stout is really baller. You think this is as good as breakfast stout? Honestly, I do. I would seriously put this head to head with breakfast stout. That's, that's saying a lot. Yeah, no, it is. The only reason I only gave it a seven was because I don't get coconut and mm-hmm. it's like, I want everything that I paid for <clears throat> What about like a campfire stout? Way better. This is better than that. 100%. Right. I did not like campfire stout at all. Oh. The barrel-aged version of campfire stout was delicious, but campfire stout uh, standard, entirely too sweet. Just viciously sweet. What about Ninkasi Ground Control? I really like that beer. That's not barrel-aged. Yeah, it was. Are you sure? Yep. All right. I'm just going through our feed here. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, it might be up there. <clears throat> I mean, think about it. We just did the Tioga Sequoia Midnight Lightning. Yeah. This right. blows that out of the water. That. Yes, it does. And Midnight Lightning is supposed to be one of the best out there. That's true. So, I mean, this is head and shoulders above that, in my opinion. I still have a hard time like beating Sierra Nevada regular stout. I, th- I still love that. It's so good. So... Just the regular red label stout? Yeah, it's delicious. No kid, You said that a couple weeks ago. I meant it then, too. Let's go ahead and do that on the podcast, then. I'd love that. Yeah, let's do it at, Let's do it one of these next weeks. We'll do, like, a basic-ass beer podcast. Sure. Where we just bring, like, uh, I don't know, like, for, sorry, moving my mic. <laughs> what does that sound? Yeah, okay. Uh, for me, like, mm-hmm. Lagunitas Imperial Stout in a bomber. Is yeah. like one of the best stouts on the market. Great. Dude, let's go Lagunitas Sierra Nevada head to head. I'm sure they would. Let's reach out to their PR. We'll ask oh, that'll be great. Say. We'll that'd see so- if we can get some reps on here. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we'll just like kickbox with gloves dipped in glue and glass. Yes. That's about how that would go. Perfect. Because they like each other. Yeah. They probably do. It's probably all media. It's probably all craft beer shenanigans to generate well, hype. Yeah. All right. That's enough for me on this beer. I feel good with what I've said. That's fine. I'm going to drink it. It's good. Um, I'm also pretty good on what I said about the movie. Yeah. My throat's also starting to hurt. Ah. Uh, and drying out. So I'm going to I'm gonna advocate pushing towards the end of the show here. Uh, not to be a downer. We are still recording our bonus 10 spot too. Yeah. So do you have anything else you want to say about any things? You know, there just like a couple. <coughs> drink some water, Sorry, son. Man, I'm out of water. Oh, no. You know, just a couple things um, that are really inconsequential. So, I mean, just Francis Francis McDormand, really. Mm-hmm. Dennis's mom from Always Sunny right. is playing Dennis's mom from Always Sunny. I thought it was Max Mom. I'm sorry, Max Mom. Jesus. Max Mom. Yeah, basically the same character. Yeah, Sandy Martin. Sandy Martin. Plays Mama Dixon in, in uh, Three Billboards. Yeah, so first she was Mama Mac, and now she's Mama Dixon. Like, I played you. We played some of the videos before. Right. If you are familiar with that character, how distracting is that? Yeah, I could see that. Oh, my God. And also, Dixon, Sam Rockwell's character, a lot like Charlie. That's what you are saying. I'm not that familiar with Always Sunny, but I believe a lot you. A lot like Charlie. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, I leaned over to Shalena, and I was like, that's Charlie. So that was a thing. Also, I like Peter Dinklage in this movie. I wish he was more involved. Uh, I liked him a lot. It was just kind of like thinking back now. Why was why was he even in the movie? Who was he? So the only thing I don't remember who he was. I don't know if that was established early on or not. But he's just a midget that's around. So the best I could tell, he was just somebody, a minority, being a dwarf, um, that was basically picked on and made fun of by some of the less civilized people in town. Yeah. There were some words that got thrown around in this film a lot, or at least enough to make a point. Those words were midget, faggot, and nigger yeah. get tossed around a lot by white people, mostly. Yeah. Um, so best I could tell Peter Dinklage was a, just a marginalized person in society who, out of the goodness of his heart, decided to side with Mildred, and then who, out of the shittiness of her heart, decided to scorn him as well. There's a scene where they go on a date, right? And earlier on, they're re-putting up the billboards because they've burned down that fire. And he's like holding the ladder and it's funny cause he's small and he's not really doing anything. Right. But he's still there to help. And at dinner, she's super rude to him. He gets him and leaves and he says, I didn't have to come out and hold that ladder for you basically, which is just like, I didn't have to come and like associate myself with you. 
I thought you were better than this. You're not. You're a piece of shit, and, and I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, I don't, and, to, I don't have to be here. And it showed a genuine interest in her yes. from him. So that's what I think he was in there for. Yeah, and it kind of pissed me off that she hurt Tyrion's feelings. Yes. Yeah. We left the theater. I'm like, why was she mean to she was Tyrion? So mean. Yeah. Stop it. He's mm. nice. Khaleesi would never do that. Khaleesi would never do that. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to say was that. So thank you for yeah, bringing that up. For sure. Khaleesi wouldn't do that. Yeah. On that note. We there? I'm there. Uh, all right. Um, next week. Is it next week we're doing? Uh, I just tried to mouth it and it's not an easily, easily mouthed Maybe. title. Maybe. Let me check our schedule real quick. Let's see if we can drop a super special sneak preview bomb. That is a <clears throat> fact. Okay. Next so, Thursday, yeah, uh, we are doing Cocoa. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm super stoked for. We both really just wanted to see it in our personal lives, and we're like, screw it. We've okay, got a movie don't podcast. let me in there. You wanted to see that movie. Hell yeah, I did. I wasn't going to see it. But. I really wanted to see it, and I'm stoked we're doing it. So we are going to watch Coco next week. Uh, watch for that episode dropping next Friday. Sure. Yeah. And we will be doing all Hispanic slash Mexican We're going to do like Mexican beers. hot chocolate beers kind of thing. Uh, hot chocolate or Mexican themed beers. Yes. So it's going to be super fun. Um, if you don't know about Coco, go check it out. You should see it, actually. By the time you hear this, you should go see Coco. Dude, seriously. So by the time you get to the Danger Zone, you're all good. Yeah, be proactive <clears throat> fans of this podcast. Maybe we should like advertise what we're seeing the following week so people can get up. That'd be helpful. Like When we know it, we should tell people so they can go see it in advance. I think that's what we're doing right now. Go see Coco. Um, 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 drink a lot of good beers for us. And we will maybe just count on seeing you next week, same time, same place. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Maybe a couple days later because it's early in the week. Wait, when do our episodes drop? Usually Fridays. Well, then, yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned for next Friday's episode. Uh, Go see that movie before then, and we can talk about it together. Uh, I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers, and this is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.